are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane, breaking down all things week eight somehow in the National Football League with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Thank goodness Patriots-Bears is behind us. We never have to talk about that game again. Patriots-Jets on the calendar for the and for the first time in a long time. This game is really interesting. Rich Hill, <laughs> the nonsense of 2022 continues because it's week eight. It's past Jets. The game matters, and the Patriots are at the very bottom of the AFC East looking up at the 5-2 and two Jets. What the hell's going on? Yeah, uh, no idea. This, this right. is probably one of the, the weirder games the more you look into it, just because, uh, yeah, as you said, Jets are 5-2, and two, Patriots are 3-4. and four. Uh, Both teams playing to that level, um, but the, it's in the midst of like a pretty strong slate of games this week. Uh, you only got the Chiefs and the Chargers on buys. You got some pretty good matchups around the, around the league here. Uh, I know we'll have a lot of focus on Patriots chats, and we'll break that down mostly. Um, but other games of note, uh, the biggest couple that jump out of the page for me, uh, 49ers on the road against the Rams, because the, for whatever reason, the 49ers always go wonky against this Rams team. Uh, the 6-1 and one Giants against the 4-3 and three Seahawks, where Geno Smith is in the running for best quarterback in the league what? right now. <laughs> um, and then you have Packers 3-4 and four on the road against the 5-1 and one Bills. That uh, is the marks the first time that Aaron Rodgers is a 10 point underdog, uh, possibly ever, uh, but definitely for a very long time. Uh, so that's your Sunday night game. So big slate of them. Uh, do any of these games draw your attention? Honestly, Rich, all these games draw my attention because I don't know what's going to happen in any of them. Starting with tonight's game, Ravens Buccaneers, that should be just kind of like marquee barn burner, but it's Thursday night. So it's going to be a snooze fest and the Buccaneers kind of stink. And the Ravens are really good, but they also kind of stink. There just isn't a game. I, mean, yeah, I think this is going to be my my standing opinion for the rest of the year. Everything on paper could look terrible, but the game could be amazing. Because as I mentioned, there's the Bills and the Chiefs, and then 30 teams that are all just kind of a hodgepodge of nothing and everything at the same time. So I expect a lot of really, really good games down to the wire and some final results that nobody saw coming. That's the only thing I can guarantee you. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I agree with that. I, I think that uh, for, if we've learned anything through this point, and by the way, week eight, uh, we're almost halfway through the season for a lot of these teams, uh, which blows my mind. I, I will have no firm statement that absolutely something will happen. Probably the strongest stance I can have here is that uh, the Eagles should beat the Steelers. They should do that. That's the only thing I got. Everything else, uh, I could see it going any which possible direction. What version of Tom Brady shows up tonight? I don't know. Um, but what we are here to talk about, biggest question mark, is what version of this Patriots team is going to show up against this Jets yeah. team in New York on the road? The Patriots, in my mind, need to respond in the most resounding of ways because they are coming off their worst game of the season uh, by far. They're coming off of a quarterback controversy, which it appears, according to ESPN's Field Yates, has been resolved, where Mac Jones is definitely, definitely, definitely going to be the starter. There's no waffling this way against the Jets. Uh, and there's some of the thoughts that, uh, you know, it looked after that third drive when Mac Jones took a sack that his ankle was bothering. He didn't have the mobility, and that's why the Patriots yanked him. Um, 
be that as it may. Uh, this is a much needed statement game for will the Patriots compete this year or are they just going to be a shell of themselves because their schedule only gets harder from here? 100%. This is a must-win game, and that is not an exaggeration. If they drop two in a row in this stretch, the Bears and the Jets drop to three and five on the year. The season's not over, but it's basically over. This is an absolute must-win game for so many reasons. These are the games that they have to go like five and one during this six-week stretch, and they've lost their their game already. So they got to win out if they're going to have any hope of sneaking into the playoffs later on. As I mentioned earlier, the, best, the good news is I think I think everyone's going to finish nine and eight. So we'll see what happens with the end of the season shenanigans, but this is an absolute must win, not only because it's the the schedule and the record, but just coming off that performance against the bears and how badly they got bullied around and what a, I don't even want to call it a trap game. Cause everyone had that so slated in as a win and it's a divisional game. They've already dropped one to the dolphins in the division. They can't drop to the dolphins and the jets, the jets record. I don't think is reflective of the kind of team they are. I think the defense is keeping them in it. The offense hasn't been great. It's been very weird results, and with Brees Hall, unfortunately, out for the year, Mm -hmm. I think the Patriots are in a prime opportunity to really stymie the Jets here. The question really is, Rich, let's start with the Patriots' offense against the Jets' defense. Will the Patriots be able to move the ball? Because I feel like the Jets' defense is kind of as good, if not better, than the Bears' defense, and the Patriots couldn't do anything against the Bears' defense. Yeah, I mean, like, looking at this Jets team, uh, they're a top-10 defense. They they rank 10th in points allowed, yards allowed. Looking at a drive perspective, they uh, own the fourth lowest time of possession, so they are forcing teams to turn like get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, fourth fewest plays per drive, second-best yards per drive, eighth-best points per drive, so they are very efficient. And, yes, they haven't done it against some of the best offenses, but, like, They've not been bad offenses. I mean, you play Aaron Rodgers, you play this Dolphins team that went up and down the field against the Patriots. They got Joe Burrow uh, and they had Lamar Jackson in week one. Like they've played good offenses and for them to still have that top ranking for their defense shows that this is not going to be easy for the Patriots. So they are led uh, by, you know, the emergence of, Sh- of Sauce Gardner coming out of Cincinnati, their first round pick. He's playing like an all pro uh, from day one. He has really transformed that secondary into an elite unit. Uh, you, you know, they have some balance there. Jordan Whitehead uh, and LaMarcus Joyner are like a fine combo at the, the safety position. It's not like the Bills ca- uh, combination, but they're definitely not a weak spot. Uh, and then you have DJ Reed out there. But for the best part, they have like mobile linebackers. They have a pretty strong upfront and interior. Like there's not really a weak point across this entire defensive front. Uh, and so where the Patriots are going to attack them is a good question because I don't know. Okay. I think they're going to have to run the ball because they're running team first. And I don't really see a scenario where they want to go aerial attack against the Jets secondary. Uh, I'm not going to put Sox Gardner in the Darrell Rivas category, but he's a very good cornerback. He's having a phenomenal campaign so far. I think hat on a hat, I think that the Jets secondary has an edge over the Patriots receivers. Uh, maybe this is going to be a huge tight end game. Maybe coverage linebackers are where the Jets tend to struggle and exploiting those under zones with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Who knows? I think you have to run the ball a lot more. Uh, I'd love to see, I keep preaching to the choir, Richard. I'd love to see a third down back, a true third down back on bubble screens and quick out routes, bumps, checks, checks down. I'd love to see that. Um, you know, so I think the Patriots need to kind of do their Cleveland Browns strategy and just kind of pound the ball as much as possible and then air it out when they need to. Uh, the real question, though, is, is this any kind of like Mac Jones confidence game? Do they want to march him out there and have him just run the ball, run, run, pass, punt? Do you want to give him more come into the offense? It's a really interesting question. I feel like it's not only how do you beat the Jets in a way that puts points on the board, 
but how do you do it in a way that continues to establish the offense that we're starting to build uh, with Bailey Zappi, translate it back to Mac Jones, and continue momentum going forward? So I think it's kind of a two-pronged attack of you have to do the strategy that's going to work and win the game, but you also need to keep building toward the season. And and I don't really know how they're going to do that, but I'm going to say just run the ball a lot, get the ground game going, utilize the play action, maybe a couple of deep shots to Tyquan Thornton or Devontae Parker, and use the middle of the field with the linebackers and those kind of cross routes Kobe Myers does so well. I guess that's going to be my my strategy there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a solid idea. It's a matter of execution on it. You know, like only the Browns have had a lot of success on the ground against this Jets defensive front. You know, the Browns had, had 184 rushing yards. Uh, Patriots arguably have as strong of a rushing attack as the Browns, but they don't rely on it as much. So, like, can they replicate it? It's a very tall order. Uh but I, I do agree that I think that's probably your best bet because if you look across the opposing team's passing attacks against the Jets, only one team has had more than 225 net passing yards. And it was the Bengals with 261 all the way back in week three. Uh, and, you know, Joe Burrow was out there. They have Jamar Chase. Um, and uh, the real winner for it was Tyler Boyd uh, and T Higgins. Those were two players that, you know, they're number two and they're number three. So the guy's not really playing against sauce Gardner. Uh, they went nine catches for you know, 198 yards and a score com- combined between the two of them. So to me, what does that say? I, I think that this is going to be a big game for Jacoby Myers. I think it'll be huge. Uh, he'll get a lion share of the targets. Uh, I think that Parker is likely to be erased on the outside. Uh, I I think Sauce Gardner has great ball skills. He's going to do a great job covering Parker, not going to give him any space out there. And Mac Jones can absolutely not have a boneheaded turnover like he has had every single game this year. Uh, He just can't. If if, if he does it one more time, then he should deservedly be benched because you can't trust him out there. And turning the ball over is the biggest reason why this Patriots team is not being successful on offense. And so take the safe passes to Jacoby Myers, have him march down the field, uh, rely on Tyquan Thornton, uh, you know, give him the ball in space and let him operate. And, you know, it, it really depends on how the other wide receivers and tight ends show up, which like I agree could be a good place because, uh, you know, that's where Mac Jones has shown some comfort. Um, but I'll also say just talking around the rumor, well, rumor mill, uh, Mike Giardi has reported that uh, Patriots have received calls on Kendrick Bourne uh, as well as offensive tackle Isaiah Wynn as there's other reports that Nelson Aguilar has been a target of trade tar- talks as well. So there's a lot of moving pieces here. Definitely not clear who will be available. Trade deadline is next Tuesday. So we might see some movement before then, Uh and, you know, if they are truly trade options that I could see them not playing on Sunday. And so those are your three wide receivers uh, that played the most last week uh, in Parker, Jacoby Myers and Thornton. And I would definitely expect to see an encore against the Jets here. No, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think the offensive line is going to be a big question mark. The issue that the Patriots had with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi against Chicago, is they couldn't protect either of them. There was a lot of batted passes at the line. There's a lot of pressure coming in. Who knows if David Andrews is going to be okay. All signs point to him being okay. Just a little shaken up on that pick, uh, that blindside block he suffered. But, uh, you know, there's just so many question marks. It's such a weird thing to say that the Patriots have all these offensive question marks coming into week eight against the Jets. But but here we are. I, mean, I don't think it's a weird thing to say that quarterback's the X factor for this week. I know it's an easy pick, but, like, which Mac Jones is going to show up? Is Bailey Zappi going to get the nod? I, mean, I think I completely agree with you. Like, if Mac Jones gets benched in this game, like, will that be the last time we see him start for the Patriots? Is Bailey Zappi the guy if Jones gets benched this time forward, you think? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard because, you know, got the bye week coming up against the Colts and like we haven't seen anything more from Zappi that we haven't seen from, from Mac Jones. And like, I think that's an important thing is that, yes, Mac Jones has thrown more turnovers. Um, but if you look at just like the fumble count, that's also important. Bailey has put the ball on the ground four times uh, versus Mac Jones, just one. And so someone, someone did the rates, you know, they both had roughly the same amount of snaps so far this year and fumbles plus interceptions are almost identical. So it's not like by taking away Mac Jones, you're putting in a much more ball secure quarterback. It just means that you're going a different route with a guy who doesn't necessarily have the same arm strength, but has shown that he can operate the short game pretty well. So, uh, you know, do you want to go with the higher upside or the higher floor? I don't even know if it's a higher floor. So I, I do agree, though, that Mac Jones does have a relative. He has a leash. And, you know, it's not like he has the like unlimited opportunities to mess up. And I think partially where my mind goes is uh, my X factor is James Ferentz, because David mm-hmm. Andrews, the center, is dealing with a concussion, uh, got suffered it late last week against the Bears. And that means that Ferentz is likely going to be the starting center. And he's going to be playing a pretty brutal front of the Jets. Quinn and Williams is one of the best defensive tackles in the entire league. Uh, and that is not a good matchup for uh, the Patriots in that situation. And so uh, however Ferentz succeeds will likely be directly linked to whether or not Mac Jones is able to produce uh, on, on Sunday. Man, James Ferentz is the X factor in the center again. Once again, the nonsense continues, Rich Hill. Uh, speaking of nonsense, the real matchup, I think, in this game is going to be the Patriots' defense versus the Jets' offense, which hasn't been that good. They've really been reliant on the ground game with Brees Hall, who's now out. Uh, do you think that the Jets are still going to go with the run game? Is it a James Robinson day? Is this the situation where the Patriots take away the run and force Zach Wilson to beat them through the air? And can they do that? They did it against the the Cleveland Browns very well. Did it against the Lions very well. Got absolutely smoked by the bears but that was by justin fields mainly and not so much the running game itself so is this just like sell out to stop the run put it in zach wilson's hands or is it some kind of weird hybrid of the two yeah totally i mean that's a great question and i think what's really important to emphasize is how the entire jets offense has transformed uh not necessarily in a good way uh with zach wilson back under center so zach wilson missed the early part of the year they had joe flacco uh, I believe it was the first three games of the season. Uh, he went one and three or one and two, but Zach Wilson's undefeated. He's four and zero as a starter this year, despite over the past, you know, just three games, he's put up 187, 99 and 105 passing yards. So they're winning, but not because of him, uh, but also not in spite of him because over the past three games, they've also had zero turnovers. And so that's where my mind goes for how are the Patriots going to defend them? Yes. Brees Hall is out. Uh, that means that Michael Carter will likely get a lot of opportunities as the the number two running back. Um, I think James uh, Robinson might get some opportunity and some play, uh, but you know he's acquired so late in the game that I think Carter is going to get more of the chances, but he's definitely a step down from Brees Hall uh, as it relates to being a runner and even as a receiver. So I, I think that definitely it will limit the entire Jets offense, um, but this is a game where you absolutely try and put it in Zach Wilson's hands because he hasn't shown a real ability to produce anything through the air. Uh, And that's not to say they don't have the players out there. Although Corey Davis is definitely dealing with a a knee injury. So he was, wasn't practicing on Wednesday. We'll see what his availability is like. Um, But they have like, a solid grouping of players out there. Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, and Braxton Berrios out of the slot. 
uh, are, are three of the, the bigger receivers, Tyler Conklin at tight end. And Elijah Moore has been going through some drama right now. He started off as an integral member of the team with Joe Flacco, but as soon as they switched to Zach Wilson, uh, Elijah Moore's playing time and targets kind of evaporated. And so we're looking at a, uh, a team that has good receivers, uh, but the production doesn't map with how, like the quality that they have out there, which to me suggests that it's on the quarterback who hasn't been doing a good job um, at producing, but he's also not making mistakes. And my big concern for the Patriots and my defensive X factor uh, will be Bill Belichick because mm-hmm. there's nothing more expected and obvious to happen than how Bill Belichick schemes against young quarterbacks. Like it's like clockwork. He's going to do pretty unimaginative stuff on defense and like, just hope, like just see if they'll make a mistake and try and capitalize on it. And young quarterbacks who are just like, well, I'll take the check down. I'll, uh, I'll do the five yard out route to, to our slot receiver. And like, we'll just move down the field. Those are the ones that are able to overcome Belichick's defensive schemes and have like a pretty strong showing and I, I would take it to the bank that that's what the Patriots are going to do, uh, infuriatingly so. Um, but my X factor is if Bill Belichick puts in just even the slightest bit of wrinkles so Zach Wilson can't get into a groove, then the Patriots defense should be in a pretty good and a strong spot to slow down this Jets offense. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Mac Jones can make enough plays on offense to pull this one off. Yeah, hopefully is right. Uh, I'm going to go with my X factor as whatever safety between Adrian Phillips, Jabril Peppers, and Kyle Duggar is healthy enough to go. Uh, <laughs> Duggar's status is that was a huge loss against the Bears. I know Phillips got banged up. I think Jabril Peppers is the, the weakest of the three, but I think, you know, they, they really seem to live and die by that linebacker safety hybrid. And when Kyle Duggar's out of that the formation, it is very obvious how much weaker a defense it is. And I think these, those guys are also that transition period between the run stuff and the pass stop. And if they can exploit that, the Jets can. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long day, but those death by a thousand cuts offenses are just so frustrating to watch. You kind of saw it against the Bears where the Patriots just could not get off the field. Uh, I don't know if Zach Wilson is smart enough yet as a quarterback to take what the defense gives him. Maybe he'll be forced into some mistakes. I don't know. But I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be a, a Phillips slash Peppers day based on Duggar's injury status. But uh, one of those guys got to step up and step up big. Otherwise, we could be sitting here on Tuesday head in hands, having a very depressing conversation. <laughs> totally. And like, uh, completely agree with that. And I think in the line of like, what can the Patriots do on defense uh, to make this not a long day? Uh, my stat of this game is that the Patriots uh, opposition while, so when the Patriots on defense, opposing teams are converting 44.4% of their third down attempts, uh, which puts the, the Patriots at the 28th in the entire league. So they are bad. They are a bottom five third down defense. Uh, Jets offense only converting 32.7. They rank 29th. So bottom five like offense on third down. Uh, so you're, you have a completely movable force against just a completely just inept something. I don't even know what the metaphor would be here, but you, you have a situation where these are two weaknesses going against each other. If the Patriots can get off the field on third down, they'll be totally fine. Uh, but if they repeat their issues that they had against the bears uh, where, you know, they put up one of the worst third down performances of the past five years for the Patriots, then it's going to be a very, very long day uh, because Zach Wilson is not immobile. Uh, he's not obviously going to be Justin Fields out there, but he can put together, you know, an Alex Smith-esque, you know, five scrambles for 30 yards, but extend all of those drives and put the Patriots in a tough defensive spot. So 
That's where my mind goes. Patriots are able to succeed on third down. If Belichick puts in enough wrinkles to, to take down Zach Wilson and you know, force a turnover and Mac Jones protects it, uh, at least the Patriots should have a chance here. All right. Well, we will soon see if the Patriots have a chance here. Uh, again, Rich, as clueless as I am, uh, we are still obligated to predict these games. Uh, <laughs> we were both dumb enough to think the Patriots Bears last week. Uh, you had 34-13 Patriots. You almost had the exact score going the opposite way. Um, and I had the Patriots 24-10, so we both get a big fat F for last week. But the hammer is still with you. Patriots, Jets, who you got? Yeah, I don't feel good about this one. Uh, I feel like the Patriots are in like near fire sale, sale mode. This, this whole rebuild that they've been trying post-Brady has not worked. Uh, they've invested heavily in their tight ends and Johnny Smith and, and Hunter Henry, and they've gotten almost nothing in return for it. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has been benched for a rookie. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, who is the most explosive player on the team last year, has been sidelined and is asking for a trade. Uh, basically, however they tried to retool their offense has just been an abject failure. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they're getting older. They're still there. They're still like a quality team, but they're definitely getting older. And the like, you know, the the rust is coming through. I think that the the Jets are going to win in a very very ugly one. Uh, I don't think I don't trust Zach Wilson. I think the Patriots will do enough to hold back the Jets' offense. But I also don't have a lot of faith in this New England offense at this point in time, uh, unless they're playing you know bottom two units like the Browns and the Lions. Uh, instead, they're playing a top ten defense with the Jets uh, in New York. So I'm going to go with the Jets winning this one, something along the lines of, uh, you know, like 22 to 20. 22 to 20. All right. Well, that's a sad day in Hillland over there. Uh, I mentioned in our, our Tuesday podcast that the big positive I'm going to, at least at this moment in time, take away from the Bears game is that we're going to look back on it at the end of the season as the turning point one way or another. The Patriots either turn inward, they realize what they have, they unify as a team they come out of the gate swinging and they go on a nice run give it that kind of casey patriots 2014 monday night treatment not in the super bowl but at least galvanize themselves and get much better and use that as motivation to turn it around or they completely crap the bed they finish like six and 12 or six and 11 and and that's just the end of the season i think we'll know by the end of the game on Sunday, and I'm going to say the Patriots do the good thing and they turn it around and they win this game and they win this game convincingly. I'm going to go Patriots 28 to 12, and it's going to be one of those kind of Bengals bounce back games where every right they dominate, they put the league back on notice, and we walk out of there feeling a whole lot better about the rest of the year. Well, I would certainly love for that to happen. Um, I would love to absolutely be wrong here. So, uh, Alec, we will watch the game on Sunday. Patriots on the road against the Jets at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Do you have any final thoughts on uh, week eight of the NFL season before we you know, go once more into the deep? No, uh, I really don't want to break down this game with you if they lose, Rich. I just don't. So let's hope they win. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. Later.